You're listening to Fresh Ideas for Teaching. Hi, everyone. This is Walter. The Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast is presented by Savas Learning Company. We're picking up the conversation right where we left off in our previous episode. Without further ado, here's Dr. Katie Topple. Thanks, Walter. I'm so glad to be back on the show. Today, we're continuing our conversation with three of the founding SIOP authors, Dr. Jana Echevarria, Dr. Mary Ellen Boat, and Dr. Deborah Short. You mentioned um, getting to know students earlier and being sensitive to their social emotional needs. How can SIOP teachers honor and validate students' home languages and cultures? Jana, what are your thoughts? Well, honoring students' home language and culture begins with something simple, knowing how to pronounce each student's name correctly and calling them by name. There's growing awareness of the importance of honoring students' identities by using their name correctly. And now there are actually resources out there on this topic but, uh, for school personnel because it is such an important issue. Um, and as I say, one's name is part of one's identity. And so we want it to be um, pronounced correctly and used. I mean, as someone with an uncommon name, I remember the embarrassment when teachers would go through the ABCDs and then I would always brace myself because then they would just say things like, you know, oh boy, what's this one? And all the kids would start laughing, you know. So even today, I pronounce my own name in an anglicized way to make it easy for English learners because of all of my early experiences. Um, so that seems like a small thing, but it's a really uh, not a small thing. And it doesn't take much effort for teachers to take the time to know how to pronounce each student's name and to call them by name. Secondly, get to know your students. What are their likes? What are their dislikes? Um, ask about their job if they're a secondary student. Ask about um, the sports team they play on or sports that they play in their neighborhood, a hobby. Ask, simply ask how they're doing. Um, that old adage, I don't care what you know until I know that you care, is probably more apt for multilingual learners than any other student. Um, these students may have been through some difficult or even traumatic experiences. Um, so in the benefit of providing a safe, caring classroom and uh, school environment cannot be overstated. Um, now, I realize that not all teachers resonated with be a caring teacher because they interpret caring as being one of these touchy-feely teachers, but really caring is an attitude. Uh, more than a feeling. When you think back at some of your really great teachers, they sometimes they were introverted and uh, maybe even a little bit stern, but you knew they cared because they had high standards. If you just think about, um, for example, a, a very successful Division I college coach, you know, they, they work with students, they work with their players to uh, individually, they hold them to high standards. The coach motivates, they nurture, they mentor, they teach, they inspire the players. So when you see them on the sidelines, there's not a lot of uh, warm fuzzies going on, right? They're held to high standards and the coach is meeting them at their need. So we need to think about the same thing with teaching. Um, effective teaching is when teachers make a decision to care about their students, just like a coach does, 
hold them to high standards, but provide the support that they need. So well-organized, consistent lesson planning and teaching is what PSYOP is all about. But PSYOP teaching is built on the foundation of valuing the assets that students bring to the classroom and being student-centered, being student-focused, and creating a classroom culture that um, really respects each and every student, each and every day. And there's a place within the PSYOP components to to interject those pieces that you learn about students. Because in building background, we mentioned before, you can connect to what students have previously learned, but you can also connect to their lived experiences. And so that's kind of the way that you can make that hook and show them that you care by remembering what they told you and adding it into the lesson and making the, the new content relevant for them by connecting it with something that they know from home or something that they know from their interests. And the same thing with, with their home language by asking, oh, how, do, how, do, how would you say that in Spanish? Or what would, how would you say that in Arabic? And, and making those connections so they feel um, seen in the academic content that you're teaching. I remember in kindergarten, you know, learning the letters and the sounds is so important. And I would always send home a blank alphabet and ask families to give me a word for each letter that was something important to their family. And I would send home mine. So at the time, my husband worked for Adidas. So A was Adidas. B is for baking because I love baking. C is Connecticut. That's where I grew up. But I would gather that from every family. And then when we would learn letter B, I would be able to, I would just read through them and share, oh, so-and-so's B is baseball. They play on a baseball team or so-and-so's B is bilingual. Their family speaks this language too. And you visibly see kids get really excited when you call out whatever it is that connects to them. So that's just, I mean, a very simple way, but there are so many ways to make sure once we do that work to know our students, that you also have to bring it into the lessons and kind of demonstrate that they, when they come to this community, they show up as their whole self and everything about them matters Mm -hmm. and that there are connections between what they do at home and what they learn in school. Because if kids or student, not just kids, but students can't see those connections, sometimes that's where we have the disconnect as teachers of figuring out how to make it interesting or exciting. But when we can kind of see, make those bridges for them and make the bridges visible, a lot of times that's when that engagement or that interest is peaked. And that's very powerful for students to really feel seen. Mm-hmm. Mary Ellen, can you add any additional ideas about using students' culture or home language? Sure, Katie. I'll I'll add a few instructional ideas um, similar to the ones that you were were saying. So I I commend you for all of those because they're also very, very important. Um, And this is a way of of really valuing students' home languages. Um, A simple way is add words in students' home languages to the word walls. Now, if you're in a, a school where there's so many different languages do as Katie was suggesting. You could kind of have a word of the week and and use, um, you may not be able to have words in all students' languages at one time, but you certainly could rotate and and honor their languages by uh, putting some words on the word wall in English as well as in the students' languages. If you have students with beginning levels of English proficiency, you may wish to label the classroom as windows, doors, decks, desks, and so forth, bookshelves, whiteboard, and so forth and then use both the English word and the student's home languages on the labels. 
Another idea is when you're introducing key vocabulary in English, especially challenging words, and you've written it on the whiteboard or your screen, also introduce the students' home languages at the same time. And if the, again, if you may have to rotate if, if you have many different languages within your classroom. Um, a couple of times we've mentioned the Four Corners vocabulary chart. Um, this is one of my favorite activities in vocabulary because it provides so much context to students, actually more than, than a typical word wall. Um, think about a chart uh, with four quadrants. In the uh, left-hand quadrant, a uh, top left-hand quadrant, there's a picture or an illustration of, of the word. In the bottom left-hand quadrant, we find the definition. In the upper right-hand corner, there is a sentence that's using the word, uh, ideally embedding the definition. And then the vocabulary word is, or term is uh, presented in the lower right in the lower right quadrant. Well, include the students' home languages as well as the word in the lower right quadrant. That was an act, uh, activity or a, a way to modify our Four Corners chart that I just learned from my friend, Deborah Short. She just suggested that for our revision in the book. So I did, in fact, I put it in three languages. I put it in Arabic and in Spanish, um, and I can't remember the other language, but I want to honor my students' languages and uh, show here's the word we're working on. Here's what it looks like in your language. Um, you and your students can learn to pronounce words in students' home languages. And that's a fun part is that we're trying to learn as we're struggling with the pronunciation of the words that you're learning of, that your students speak. Remember that your multilingual learners are having that same experience all day, every day. And so we will experience that feeling when we're trying to pronounce their words, but we want to to uh, practice and get it right. Uh, finally, we include in the SIOP protocol feature 19 uh, in the interaction component. And this uh, feature says, we provide ample opportunities for students to clarify in their L1 or their home language. So this means if students are having difficulty, they can clarify with the peer if there's another child who speaks the same language or an instructional assistant if you have one that is also bilingual. So we want students to be able to clarify and understand and use their language as they need to, uh, to better their understanding. Okay, back to you. And I think something that made me think of is that oftentimes I will encounter students who might not know the word that we're learning in their home language, mm -hmm. but asking them or normalizing that we, we are curious about that brings in a parent connection you because go. you could ask the student if, if they're not sure how to say metamorphosis in Spanish or in Arabic, you, you might say, ask your, ask your parent or ask your big brother or sister. And when they go home and they do that, it, it connects the parents to the classroom and also shows the parents that we're valuing what they know in their language. And it also encourages the student to continue learning in their home language. Um, I'm sure in your careers, you have encountered parents who feel like they just focus so much on wanting their children to learn English that they might want their children to use English instead of their home language. And sometimes that is something, it's a teachable moment to support parents in knowing your home language is so valuable and you're, it's beautiful that you continue using that language with your children. They, they will get English instruction in school and them continuing to learn and balancing that academic language in both languages is really a wonderful, wonderful thing. So it kind of sparks that interest in, you know, maybe a, a student has a certain level of language in their home language, and we want them to continue learning that so they can really grow up as bi bilingual and biliterate 
people who can then enter into, you know, the, the job landscape, really navigating both of those languages or maybe even more than two. So I love that, that interest and kind of curiosity of um, adding vocabulary words in other languages and continuing to, to showcase that the other language that their family speaks or they speak is so important and it's relevant in school. It has a place in the classroom and it's not just, it's not just for home. It's for home and school because it helps maybe, maybe helps other monolingual students pique their interest in learning another language. And that, I think that's, that's exactly, that's really important point that you just made that, that by our trying, even if we're kind of fumbling and having a hard time pronouncing, pronouncing words, it encourages the other students to be able to, to go home and kids love to be able to say things in other languages. Don't you remember? I used to do that as, I remember being able to count to 10 in German when we were little tiny kids and it was so exciting. Uh, and I think kids still feel that way. So yeah. I wholeheartedly agree with what you just said. Great. And, and giving them actual words to learn rather than, you know, sometimes kids will just say something and they just say gibberish and then assert that it's Chinese or Spanish and to the, to the speaker of that language that might feel offensive. So we can really give them tools and kind of perspectives of there are different languages and this is, this is what it sounds like in Spanish. This is what it sounds like in Chinese or Arabic and Mm -hmm. kind of just appreciation for the beauty of languages. Right. Okay, I have one last question. I would like to take a moment to do something a little bit fun to wrap things up. And I'm gonna ask each one of you individually to respond. So we have some teachers have already started this school year. Some teachers are getting ready to start the school year. Some teachers will be listening to this in the middle of the school year once they kind of get their bearings on everything that's new and different. Um, What is one thing that teachers can start doing now or begin first thing tomorrow with their students or in their instruction. Jenna, let's start with you. Well, I would just want to encourage teachers, especially after what um, we've been through and are continuing to go through. My, my, I guess, advice would be take a breath, (laughs) lean on your colleagues for support during this time. Um, Make sure you're taking care of yourself so that you can be present for your students. So be kind to yourself so that you're a better teacher for your students. You're working in an honorable profession and you you undoubtedly are doing your best. So rely on what you know about effective teaching and use resources like PSYOP to empower you to work effectively with your multilingual learners. You've got this. Thank you. I love that. I remember in the spring just being catapulted into the landscape of distance learning and thinking, okay, PSYOP is my foundation. How can I do, how can I incorporate the PSYOP pieces that I know that work in the classroom in this new landscape? And there's, it's so applicable. There are so many ways to do it. So kind of, I love that advice to take a breath and realize that we do have so many, so many tools and so many skills and we can do it. Mary Ellen, how about you? Well, this may sound a little redundant because we've said it several times during this this podcast, but my tip is get to know your students, get to know them well, use an interest inventory or interview. Um, Students really enjoy interviewing each other, especially when you model that process first by introducing yourself to your students. Um, Facilitate students sharing of what they know about who they are. 
Uh, we went all went into teaching because we wanted to see that light. You know which one I mean, that one that goes on in a student's face uh, when he or she understands, when they get it. So even though everyone has been through so, so much um, these past couple of years, um, teachers and students alike, I, I would urge you to relish those mountain, those moments when the lights are going on, notice them and celebrate them, and then feel good about what you did to make that happen. Thank you. I love that. Deborah, can I get your take as well? Absolutely, Katie. Um, I would echo everything that my colleagues have said, but I would say work on building a warm and welcoming atmosphere in your classroom. Create a culture and set expectations for risk-taking and for interaction. We want students to engage with each topic and with each other, to be partners and to share in one another's success in terms of language development and content knowledge. But it's important to make it safe to make a mistake, right? We know it's better from a language development perspective to try and to use language and then learn if you've made a mistake, see how to, how to fix it. And coupled with this, with creating this classroom culture is setting some routines and maybe even, you know, teaching the steps early on of the activities that you expect to use fairly frequently. So when you say to the kids, okay, we're going to do a conga line, you don't have to go over those instructions every time. They know it. They're ready to, to get right in and get involved. I also would say be open to the use of the native language. Think about ways that we can honor the students' assets, just like we've been talking about. Remind these students that they have strengths and that they can be resilient. And I'd say, above all, hold high expectations for all your learners. Thank you. I'm so glad we got a chance to continue our conversation. I hope all the educators listening out there will find these ideas enlightening and inspiring and useful. Um, if you're listening, please tweet out your next steps and ideas and tag at PSYOP model. We love to retweet and we love it when teachers share their ideas and their biggest takeaways. Um, I always say share what you loved and share what you learned. Thank you so much, Jana, for joining me today. My pleasure. It was great to be on, Katie. Mary Ellen, thanks to you as well. You're most welcome, Katie. And Deborah, big thanks to you for joining us as well. Thanks, Katie. We appreciate this. Walter, back to you. That's all the time we have for today. Many thanks to all of our guests for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to the Fresh Ideas for Teaching podcast. Until next time. You can keep the conversation going on social media by following at Savas Learning or at Sciop Model on Twitter. And be sure to visit savas.com backslash S-I-O-P to learn more. This special Sciop podcast series is presented by Savas Learning Company, a next-generation learning company providing award-winning solutions for grades pre-K through 12. Visit savas.com today. Learn with us.